Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome all Binge Town heads, Lost heads, Dharma Initiative heads, Desmond heads. You know, you get the gist. If you love the show Lost and still weep at the phrase, not Penny's boat, then boy, do we have an episode for you. Today, we have director and filmmaker Taylor Morden to chat with us about this feature-length documentary, Getting Lost. You're going to want to keep up with the news of this doc, so go follow Getting Lost Doc on socials, donate at the Indiegogo link in the description, and most importantly, enjoy the episode. Hello, hello. Look at that background. Yeah. (laughs) That is great. Why I do it. It's just for those reactions. Yeah, (laughs) that was like very cool. (laughs) Were you... um? calling in from i i live in eugene oregon oh that makes a lot of sense because i just watched the last blockbuster Ah. and i adored it i do want to start with that just because i mean for luke for jimmy for anyone listening i just watched it and it was phenomenal i'm right in the sweet spot jimmy's probably even more in the sweet spot me and jimmy are siblings um, okay. And we had a blockbuster right down the street and the nostalgia it almost made me sad. I'm like, I yearn for the days of going back to a blockbuster and and the cast in this um, in this doc is incredible. And like, it makes sense to me that people like Adam Brody, who's in the doc and everything, they, they worked at a blockbuster. It makes sense for like the trajectory of their life. Like mm-hmm. if I could go back and work at a blockbuster in my youth, I would 100 percent do that. I feel like that would have shaped me. <laughs> Yeah, so much. But did, everyone we talked to who worked at a blockbuster it definitely shaped them. And I, yeah. I uh, applied three different times to work at blockbusters, and I never, I never got the job. And I'm not saying I held a grudge for 20 years, but <laughs> uh, you might have I'm, probably I'm, because it was so popular that they were getting so many applicants. Yeah, yeah and I was a you know a punk teenage kid who probably shouldn't have gotten the job but you know i i'm an honorary blockbuster employee now yeah for sure and i have gone in and stocked the shelves and stuff in the, in the last six months so that counts that's awesome well for anyone listening it's the last blockbuster i bought it on amazon prime but there's all different places that you can you can buy it from or rent it so uh go check it out unfortunately you can't go to a blockbuster and rent it i don't think you <laughs> can if you live in oregon yeah well was, that okay. is on the shelves the, in the meta thing that we really wanted to do when we started making the dock uh, and this is a spoiler for the dock <laughs> is that they're still open but yeah you you can we were so excited when we had our DVDs made. It went 
from the new release shelf to now it's like the you know featured documentary shelf it has its own shelf there you can rent it there you can buy it there my favorite i think one of my favorite objects that i own is after we were in the new releases for a little while you remember how blockbuster would do the previously viewed dvds that were like four bucks or whatever oh, i yeah. bought i bought a copy of my own movie yes. previously viewed it's in like a weird case because they print their own covers and it has like a five dollar sticker on it and i'm like this this is the <laughs> ultimate achievement of blockbuster <laughs> filmmaking legend i love that and G- james you would love um as soon as i started watching it our, one of our favorite movies is Scream. So ah, yeah. I, wanna, mm-hmm. I immediately was like, you know, Jamie Kennedy in, in the rental store that he worked at and Scream is iconic. And right. then that clip is in the dock. And I was, and Jamie yeah. Kennedy's in the dock, which is yeah. just chef's kiss. Everyone loves Jamie Kennedy. He's the all timer. Yeah. We, so. we wanted to get him because of his character in Scream. Like, obviously, yeah. he was the iconic video store clerk of the 90s. And we didn't know, like, that whole other thing that he, yeah, don't spoil. Thing. It's great. Oh, but he sprung that on us, and uh, you can hear me in the dock being like, "Whoa, I didn't know," you know. <laughs> yeah, I was just there. To Man, talk I'm about gonna have Randy. to pause this interview and watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mad at myself that I didn't get a chance to watch yet because we kind of had this set up last second. So I'm excited. I'm glad Kathleen got a chance and she's hyping it up. I'm definitely gonna be watching it asap. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. But so let's Taylor. get into Lost. Yeah, yeah let's let's talk off. about what we're actually here for, and this is mm-hmm. the. 2024 release of Getting Lost, the documentary. I won't step on your toes too much. I'll give you a chance to pitch it here for us, but we're really excited to talk to you about it because we started this podcast about three years ago and we never really collectively had any podcast episodes or conversations about Lost itself. And I watched Mm -hmm. Lost recently through for the first time to completion. I've seen a bunch of it back in the in the day and I'll talk about that later. But in terms of just having a full conversation about loss and like this this happening now, I'm really excited to get into it. So tell us a little bit about the documentary and then um we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah. So right now um we're about halfway through production on a, a documentary. It's about to be the 20th anniversary of when Lost came out, the crash of Flight 815 was September of 2004, um, and Lost ended in 2010. And in 2012 is when I started to be a filmmaker, right? So I'm 11 years in. Since day one, I was like, I should really make a documentary about Lost. It's a huge deal. It's a big part of my life. And all my movies are stuff that I love because it's annoying to make a documentary anyway. So if you don't love the thing... <laughs> You know, you got to spend three years or four years with this thing. So for about a decade, I've been like, I should do a lost documentary, but it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. It just ended. You know, we had all those years where everybody was making fun of lost. It's still uh, the butt of jokes. People don't like the ending. Uh, the media doesn't like the ending. I don't even think they saw the ending. They just like to make fun of it. Right. Uh, Rolling Stone two days ago came out with a like top 50 biggest mistakes in TV history. And number 18 is the ending of Lost. Wow. So it's yep. still happening in 2023. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I hit up my buddy Ralph, who had done a Lost podcast back, you know, when they were on, when they were airing in real time, he did a Lost podcast. And I've known him since then. I was like, you want to help me make this Lost doc? We've got, you know, two and a half years before the 20th anniversary. I think we can squeeze it in. And we've been working on it since and stuff has been happening with Lost in real time as we've been doing it. But the main story that we're trying to tell is is 
the history of the show, the impact it had on television, on pop culture, like it changed television forever. There's mm-hmm. TV before Lost, and then there's all the good TVs that everyone likes now, TVs, TV shows, <laughs> uh, TV. all the good shows that people like now, most of them owe some, you know, some aspect of what's good about them to Lost, whether it's the shorter seasons or the knowing your end date or the higher budgets that didn't exist before Lost or getting movie stars in your TV show. Like, oh yeah, that, that was new back then. So that's the pop culture story. And then there's this side story that I don't know if you watched it recently, you didn't really experience this, but the lost like online community and these podcasts and these message boards that were happening at the time spawned this like real world community of people from all over the world who are still friends to this day, who have like these crazy, you know, story people met their spouses and have kids because of this TV show. So all of that, is what the documentary is going to be about. Um, but we're still making it. So who knows? I don't know how it ends yet. It's going to be evolving. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. I was actually just talking about recently, we did a podcast on just recommendations for one season TV shows. And long story short, one of the things that I was talking about was HBO and the span of Sex and the City, then Oz, then Sopranos, and then limited series like Band of Brothers and Lost was one of those things you know they always talk about the golden era how that it was really brought back during sopranos and everything like that but lost was the first network television show that got this this That's was the huge difference. yeah the numbers and, the numbers were so much high like 20 million people watched lost in real time and that's right. more than ever watched the sopranos exactly and i have vivid memories i was 14 at the time so I didn't watch it live where I was watching week to week because I was still fourteen. Uh, is not too young, but I just was. It just wasn't something that I was watching at the time. But I remember vividly being at parents and friends and everyone saying, "We have to watch. It's time. Everyone, stop. Stop what you're doing. It's time for Lost." And I remember the conversations. And then when it became time for me to have my binge, and I finally jumped on the train. I don't know if I was the first of us three. I think, Kathleen, you may have been. And I know Luke was the most recent, but I was fully on. And it, and it's a really, really fun binge, of course, because this show was made for our podcast, pretty much. If we existed in 2004, we would have been hanging mm-hmm. out with everybody that did all <laughs> of this on Reddit, on Facebook. The Facebook at the time didn't exist, but um, online, podcast, whatever it is. This is what we would have loved. Sci-fi, fantasy, something you can theorize every single week. The binge is really fun, but having the week-to-week water cooler conversations where you can theorize and talk, it's just it was and it was event. Every it was an event every single week for I guess six years straight. Yeah. Uh six years straight with really, really difficult breaks in between the seasons where we would, you know, some people in the Lost community would, season one ended, we would rewatch season one before season two came out. And then it right. got harder and harder, you know, like before season six, I watched seasons one through five. Again, at that point, I had seen season one five times, right? Because every mm-hmm. year you do it. And there were these, you know, vehement groups of people. There were websites where they would post like every frame as an image and these are the early days of the internet, but they would like 
an episode would air and a couple hours later you could go in because people were looking for that Dharma logo on that shark or that mm-hmm. thing yeah. in the background. Right. Were, were those the numbers? Were those the numbers? That was, that was like what we did uh, for fun. I heard somebody very recently describe it as like lost. Wasn't a TV show. It was a hobby. And we all had this hobby. Like we were doing lost. We weren't watching lost. So my biggest regret, (laughs) I just got to say it right up is like, I wish I watched it more when I was younger, but I'm even younger than my, these are actually my aunt and uncle right here. So we're all actually (laughs) family. I am even younger (laughs) than them. So um, I didn't have an opportunity to watch it too much when I was young, but it is one of the first shows that I always caught my dad watching at the time it was coming out. And I, I caught a lot of it. So like I knew spoilers when i decided to actually sit down and watch the whole thing i actually decided to do it during covid a lot of working from home a lot of free time to binge it and i ate it up like i absolutely loved Mm -hmm. it and the one thing i'll say that i'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit more later is the misconception and public narrative of the ending is something that i fell victim to going into it so i was watching this whole show and spoilers if anybody hasn't watched Lost and they're listening to it, <laughs> right, I right, right. say it now, is I went into the show thinking they're dead the whole time, right? Like that is the public narrative. That's what my yeah. mom thinks of when she thinks of Lost and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what I was expecting. And to, to turn around and just, I guess three years ago would have been around 17, 16 years after it aired. I loved every single thing about it. Like I could imagine me being that person starting the Reddit threads and like having these conversations with these communities I don't know how so many people missed it, but this show is awesome. And it I can see how it created this trickle down effect of what we now see in the week to week of Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon and even Succession, things along those lines. Like they would not exist and neither would this podcast for sure without right. Lost. So I guess my whole spiel of that, besides the ending, put a pin in that for now, because we're going to talk about that later. Um, right, right. What really like drew you to Lost and when did you think that you became passionate as just a fan, just an audience member? Was it early season one right off the bat or did it take a little bit and the communities growing really drove you towards it? Just talk to me about that. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> like many people in 2004, I wasn't watching a lot of TV, I especially wasn't watching network TV. Like TV was what TV was and it wasn't awesome it wasn't what it is now and you know we there were like the sopranos and oz and all these great shows that i didn't have cable i didn't have a lot of money i was in college and like we just we had the internet we had napster right this was still napster (laughs) Um, right and i played a lot of nintendo but i didn't watch a lot of tv so everybody was talking about this show like lost you gotta watch lost you gotta you're not gonna believe it it's crazy and i was like yeah whatever whatever i'll check it out when i check it out um I was a big uh, Napster torrent person. So I'm like, I'll get around <laughs> to downloading it when I find it on the piracy uh, internet. <laughs> but I was also playing in a band and I was like on tour and just, I wasn't caring about TV. I found myself in a hotel at some point during season one, you know, you turn on the hotel guide and it's like, Hey, coming up is lost. I'm like, Oh, a hundred people have told me I got to watch this show. I had no idea that like you can't just watch a episode out, out of the <laughs> middle of season one. Like it won't make right. sense. Like everybody says this show is great. I'm expecting, you know, Law and Order or one of these shows yeah. where you can just watch one, a Wheel of Fortune, something like that. I sit down and I watch it. It's season one, episode 14. It's called Special. It's about Michael and Walt. There's a polar bear in it. The kid <laughs> reads a comic book. There's a bird that flies into a window or so, whatever. And it, it made no sense. 
<laughs> I thought it's just like this guy is getting a divorce and the kids yelling at the dad and the kid runs off on the beach. What is this show about? I had no idea. So I went back to my life going like, well, lost is dumb. Everybody's wrong. <laughs> this is a stupid show. It makes no sense. They don't tell you who any of these characters are. And by the end of the episode, nothing was wrapped up. It was just like, and nobody seemed surprised that there was a polar bear. So I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> it's a weird show. Um, cut to maybe four months later. I finally got around to checking out the DVDs from Blockbuster Video Ooh. because I had a <laughs> another piracy setup. The, the uh, FBI doesn't watch your podcast, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I would rent DVDs from Blockbuster and then burn copies so that I could have a DVD collection. Um, and so I would kind of just rent whatever and just rent a ton of stuff. And I got disc one of season one of Lost, and they put four episodes on a disc. The first four episodes, that first disc of season one of Lost is, I think, the single greatest DVD of television, like single disc. It's got the pilot, parts one and two. It's mm -hmm. got uh, the Kate episode, which explains to you how the flashbacks work. And it's like, we're going to do these episodes. And then it has Walkabout, which, uh, for anyone who's seen Lost, is the moment where if you're any kind of like a sci-fi nerd or just like into really cool TV, the end of that episode is like, holy shit, what just happened? I didn't know TV could do that. I got to watch it again. And then I lived like a half hour from Blockbuster. I had to drive and go get disc two, like right away. <laughs> um, but then I was hooked and this was between seasons one and two. So I watched the whole rest of it in real time, but like, obsessively because you know i binged season one and by that point there were podcasts there were message boards there was this community and i had never heard of a podcast before in 2004 nobody was listening to OG. podcasts. yeah, yeah. pioneers right? right so there were kind of a lot of lost podcasts there was something called the lost podcasting network which i found through the message boards of like hey have you heard you know this episode of this this episode of that so you could watch Lost, you know, every week for one hour and then consume like 13 hours of podcasts of people dissecting it and being like, oh, man, did you see that thing in the background of that? And what do you think is going on? And when Saeed did that and why was, oh, I can't believe, but it was such a fun thing. And podcasts were so novel. Part of me was just like, wow, I can download and you had to download it onto a thing because nothing had the internet on your device. But you could listen to these people talk about this thing. And it felt like it's so weird to describe this on a podcast. Now, everybody knows what a <laughs> podcast is. But yeah, right. the first time you hear a podcast, before anybody knew, it was so cool. It was like, this is the radio, but they're only talking about this thing I really, really like for an hour. And like you can call in and they'll put your voice on the thing. And it seemed magical. And for a while I only knew about lost podcasts. So when I would explain what a podcast was to other people, <laughs> they would say like, are, but are they all about lost? Are there other <laughs> podcasts? And I, I didn't know. It's like, I don't know. I listened to these only. Uh, so I was pretty obsessive from season one on, I was more of a lurker in the message boards. I didn't, contribute but i was dissecting everything watching the dvd special features were a big thing all the oh yeah commentary tracks and the making of 
Um, and then when the final season was about to come out, which was a huge deal in pop culture because we knew it was the final season, they had announced the end date. Uh, and that hadn't really happened for TV before. They announced the end date before season four. They're like, there's going to be three mm. more seasons. It's going to be 36 episodes. Take it or leave it. So we knew. Uh, for my birthday that year, my wife got me a trip to Hawaii. And we timed it, not intentionally, but we were there for the premiere of season six on the beach. We got to go um, stock the sets because these message board communities, they knew where they were filming. They knew everything so you email the guy who's in hawaii and say where are they going to be filming tomorrow and he'd say go to this beach at eight o'clock you go there and we i just stood on set all day and watched them make lost wow i had never been on a set before i wasn't a filmmaker i was a musician at the time and it was amazing it was like the coolest thing i had ever seen it's probably part of why i'm a filmmaker today was being around that i was there for episodes they were filming 12 and 13 from season six i was there for uh when alana explodes on the beach that big yeah. explosion mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. just out of frame somebody came up and was like you can stand here you can't <laughs> stand here because that's dangerous you can stand right here um and then there's another i think in the next episode there's another big explosion when they're they're like dropping bombs from one island to the other on uh the fake lock man in black his camp they were doing big explosions. I was there for those too. I was there for two explosion days. They probably stacked them for production. But uh, then, you know, I watched the finale in real time with everybody else. And I loved it. And everyone around me hated it. And I didn't understand. I had a big crisis of confidence of like, but were we watching the same show? Why right. do people think they were dead? The I didn't understand that. But I had mm -hmm. also consumed, at this point, most of the seasons... Well, at least twice, but several times, and you know, read pages and pages of theories and dissecting things. This is before they had like YouTube breakdown videos for everything, but mm -hmm. we had blog posts and we had all these podcasts. So, like, as soon as the finale air ended, I was like, that was great. I loved it. I'm crying. Everything is amazing. Ooh, yeah. And look around, and people are like, that was dumb. I hate it. And you go on the internet. And everybody's trashing the finale of Lost, and they kind of never stopped. It's 13 years later, and they're still doing it, so... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I remember weeping at the finale, but I have so much to say about that whole spiel. That was a great spiel. I have like 20 things to say, but we'll start with the <laughs> with the ending because I am someone who I have an addictive personality and I didn't watch till college. So I probably watched in like 2012, 2013 when it was on Netflix, so only a few years after it ended. But when I'm in a show, I'm in a show and these guys know like I'll go to conventions and all this stuff like I am obsessed with the show i live in it oh yeah and i left out the comic-con aspect of all of this but yeah yes. Yes. was there cons <laughs> for loss like the actors coming and writers or anything like that um it was a big part of san diego comic-con every year after the first year 
Yeah. And there was a huge panel before the last year where that's the one I went to where I camped out overnight and then the line for Hall H with all these mm. people. And you get nice. there and Dominic Monaghan came out and wrote on his hand, Ooh. like, am I dead? Before season <laughs> six. And then you see Amazing. him in season six and you're like, what is happening? Anyways, please continue. Uh, speaking of just the way I binged Lost was I too was spoiled like everyone's dead. And then when I yeah. watched it, I had the same thing as Luke and you, Taylor, where I'm like, wait, am I, did I watch <laughs> it this wrong? But I also would like to say that the controversial ending is so interesting because you guys dedicated your life to this show. And I would have done the same thing. I'm a supplemental content like hound. I need it. And that's why we do this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. It soothes our soul to be able to talk through every single episode of a show we love, right? Um, But when you binge a show, you're not giving six years of your life, seven, whatever it is. You're binging it in one. I binged it in a month, maybe. And I was like, weeping at the end, like the emotions, the roller coaster you go through in a month. And I do think there's something to say about someone who like dedicated their life to it for six years and week to week and big hiatuses in the summers or whatever. And then someone who just like binged it was like, damn, heavy hitter. So like for me, I was a binger and was like, that was incredible. What a ride. But I've always wondered if I watched it week to week, would my opinion have changed? Because of course it happens on all shows. We we watch so much TV. We understand that the way you consume it will change your opinion of it sometimes. Um, but I'm I'm confident that week to week I would have got lost because I would have been doing the same thing as you and I would have loved it. Um, but I I truly don't understand the controversy either. I, I really don't. I know Luke doesn't either and Jimmy loved it no. as well. So yeah, we talk about this all the time on the podcast and it's casual fans versus diehard fans and and meaning just television watchers, movie watchers. We use our parents a lot as examples of this, where we are podcasters and we don't you don't have to be a podcaster to be a diehard fan, obviously, but you're fine tooth coming a show that you love and you kind of figure it out a little bit easier than than the casual fan. Some people are just watching a show and just go for the ride. And when the end is the end and this is and and that's those are the people that I have found are the ones that were like, OK, they're, they were dead the whole time. And. A personal story, Kathleen and Luke, our sister. I was also spoiled for the ending, quote unquote spoiled, because our (laughs) sister freaked out. And this would be, you know, uh, Luke's aunt freaked out in the middle of a family party being like, oh, my God, I watched the end of Lost and they're dead the whole time. This is so stupid. (laughs) And that's where I, again, came into this binge for my first time watching going, all right, you know what? This is a cultural phenomenon. I owe it to myself to watch it and we'll see what happens. And then, of course, I'm like Kathleen, Luke and yourself, where I say, come on, what are you talking about with this? And it really does seem like it's casual fans versus diehards. But there are some diehards that, again, took six years of their life, fine tooth combed it and then just feel a certain way about the ending. It's all, I guess yeah. you can say it's all relative. It's all, eh, even though you can say it's up for interpretation because it's art, I guess. But still, I mean, we're right. Yeah, wrong, it's not really <laughs> all right. Whether they were dead the whole time is not really up for debate. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. That's, yeah, they, it's clearly laid out in the script of the yeah. show. Yeah, yep. right. Um, there are a lot of, in my documentarianism, I have discovered there are many reasons people didn't like the finale. It's not just people 
who didn't get it that didn't like it. Although most people who think they're dead the whole time didn't like it. Um, which that had a lot to do with, um, the way the viewership shifted. So seasons one and two and three, for the most part were like number one hit television, 10, 20 million people watching every week, huge, huge show season three. Um, when they're in the cages and Jack's getting his tattoos, it kind of, most people agree the quality dips for a while before it picks back up. That's when they were negotiating their end date. So there's a while where they just had to tread water during that time. The viewership dropped way off and then season four comes out and then there starts to be time travel. And then there starts to be, you know, this, it gets a lot crazier with the sci-fi stuff it drops off even more. So then you get into the later seasons and it's maybe 8 million people are watching. So it's cut in half. But what happened was they hyped the ending so much. It was everywhere. Like lost. It's finally going to end the answers to all the mysteries, blah, blah, blah. These were the promos that were airing Mm. at the time that like all 20 million people who watched lost tuned back in for the finale. Now, if you hadn't seen the rest of season six, and the flash sideways or seasons four and five, that finale makes no sense and is not a very good episode of TV. So a lot of people just tuned in thinking, well, I watched the first couple seasons. I'll get it. And then hated the ending and Mm. said they're dead the whole time because they missed the entire concept of season six and this alternate, you know, thing. And they're like, well, that's the whole thing. And then there's a lot of people who I've encountered who were so into the mysteries and the sci-fi and the, you know, time travel and the Island and the, all that cool stuff that we all love that when it ends in a church and it's got this, you know, it's all about the people you met along the way. And it's not about the answers, all that. It, it rubbed some of those people the wrong way. So it's like the people who weren't paying attention were mad because it didn't make sense. And then the people who were paying too much attention were mad that it wasn't science. It wasn't nanobots or whatever they were expecting the ending to be. So then you had this middle ground of people like us who really liked it, who were like, no, it is about the characters and it is this great story. And they did answer a lot of the mysteries. If you had paid attention, like the polar bears get answered season four, episode two. Done. Stop asking about the polar bears. (laughs) A lot of people skip season four and they're like, well, what was up with the polar bears? You know, like that's, yeah, that's not on the people who made the show. That's on you for not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I'm totally with you with everything you just said. Like I genuinely loved the ending and I, I felt like an idiot after watching it, thinking I just missed something that I was the problem, but I think it's everybody (laughs) else. That's the problem is what I'll say. But Taylor, let me ask you a quick question. For the documentary itself, I know it's going to be a focus on like the cultural impact and how it's changed things today. Do you get into any of the specifics specifically about the ending? Like, are are there conversations about it and like how the the mainstream uh, narrative talks about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big part of it is, you know, as a lost fan and for all sort of fans of things, there's this personal aspect to it. Like, for 20 years when somebody makes fun of a thing you like that's it hurts a little bit in a stupid Mm -hmm. way where it shouldn't where it's like 
you know, when that Rolling Stone article came out a couple of days ago and they're still poking fun at Lost, I'm like, eh, but, but why? You, right. you know? And so just even in talking about the cultural phenomenon and the fandom, the ending is such a huge part of that, both because a lot of people liked it, but mostly because the internet hated it. It's like you can't talk about, you know, Star Wars without talking about the reaction to the prequels and then again to seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. It it's whether you like the thing or not, the story is about this like weird vitriol that came from these people who I don't know, it, it became cool to hate the ending of Lost. Like that's the cool thing. Which right. I don't know. And it's so it's so true that it's still a thing majorly. I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but we had a guest on the podcast that made a joke to us during the pod about how, oh, this show is it going to be like Lost where they never answer any questions. And I was like, and I remember, I can't remember if you were on it with me, Luke, but I was like, I can't open this can of worms right now. <laughs> we'll just go, I like, and, I go cannot, and go. Yeah. I was like, I, I, I just can't do it. And But it is like, it's, and I'm not saying who it was and I'm not saying how recent, but recent enough because we've been a podcast for three years where it's been said. And I was like, wow, people are still bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Whether wild. It's, or not. it's like Lost only comes up in the conversation in the context of uh, you don't want to ruin the ending like Lost. It was really funny. After the finale of Lost, there was an article where somebody interviewed George R.R. R. Martin and asked him about how Game of Thrones is going to end. And he said, well, it's very important. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you really want to do a good job with the ending. You don't want to be like lost. Uh-huh. Wow. And then cut and, to all the thrones later. Lost. The George. only thing worse. <laughs> thrones is actually, yeah. Look at those <laughs> top 10 lists of bad endings. Lost is no longer in the number one seat. <laughs> no, yeah. Game of Thrones by a mile. Don't worry. I'm on your. I'm on your side heavily for that, but yeah, I enjoyed the just... Game of Thrones. I like liking stuff. Oh, yeah, on. me too. I'm a, I'm a big, I like things. I, I feel so bad for people who just live to hate it. It's devastating. Yeah. I'm like, you could just smile more and enjoy things and your life will mm-hmm. be like, I, I'm telling you, your life will be Are better. Are you talking to Luke right now or? No, no, no. <laughs> I love Luke. He's my I favorite. I usually nephew. love things. I do, but Game no, of Thrones that's is different. True. I was too invested Game of Thrones in that. Hurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, I, mean I guess it wasn't great, but yeah, you don't have to hate on it. So people so, worked really hard on those computer dragons. I, <laughs> I mean, I trust me. House of the Dragon is is killing it for me. I, I loved the the prequel spinoff, and I'm gonna absolutely keep going with that. But that kind of sparked another question I had: is how do you think Lost would have done if it aired today in 2023? Do you think? It would have been held under a bigger microscope earlier on. Do you think it still would have lasted the whole time without starting to see some of this backlash? Like, how do you feel it would have done against something like HBO and the Netflix juggernauts of today? Right. Well, I think it's a way different landscape. Um, if it were made today, it probably would be a Netflix or an HBO. Right. Or That's what I was going to say. Thing. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be a network show because the networks don't do that anymore. Like right. mm-hmm. they really, they really don't. Um, I also think it would have benefited from a lot of things in terms of like knowing your end date from day one, instead of having to negotiate it after three seasons, they would have said this is because they wanted to do three seasons from the beginning, but it was so popular after season one, ABC was like, no, this goes forever. And then, yeah, they, I they read they wanted nine. 
Nine would have been ABC? insane. Yeah, that's too much. That's yeah. way too much. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, you know, you get a J.J. Abrams comes to HBO and says, I've got an idea for a show about an island. And there's mysteries. And they go, great. How long is it? And he goes, three seasons. And they go, great. How much do you need? And he goes, $200 million. And they go, great. Go make it. And the only thing that I think would hurt it, the only downside to it being made now is if they didn't do it week to week. And I know you guys mm-hmm. all binged it, and that's great. But so much of a part of the show, of any mystery show, is... Mm-hmm talking about it in between, right? Oh, the, yeah, big time. The theorizing, the podcasting and all that, which was brand new when Lost came out. So it would be better now. Like it started, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Instagram, there wasn't any of that. There was just MySpace, message boards, you know, early, early Reddit, stuff like that. And these bulletin boards that you could chat about it on. And so now all of that stuff is like, grown up a little bit like there's it's not in its infancy we've figured out talking about tv shows right there's these youtube channels there's these places people go and they know to go and so instead of it being super niche where like the real nerds were on the message boards and listening to the podcast it'd be more mainstream so as long as they did it week to week i think it would be amazing if they made something like that now and they do i mean that's kind of what season one of yellow jackets was was go yeah was basically like what if we just made lost now and you know people can talk about it week to week and there's a mystery and what's happening and all that so i mean i i think it'd be great i'm happy you said that because there was no way we were going this whole podcast without me bringing up yellow jackets so (laughs) thank you for getting that out of the way just check it off the board (laughs) right on right it's the closest we've come in my opinion you know to a lost type show. I mean, it's got all the elements, right? It's got a plane crash. Mm -hmm. It's got flashbacks. It's got the nineties. It's great. Mm -hmm. Adore it. Love it. How do you feel about season two? Not to do this, but how did, how did you feel about season two? Uh, Less great. I enjoyed it, but it's, I mean, like many things, I just think season one was kind of a perfect season of TV and season two was, a season of TV. So mm, now we're mm-hmm. in the middle part where it's like, I got to see where this goes and how, you know, if they stick yeah. the landing, then it's all great. If it fizzles out, like, you know, heroes or something like that, you're like, well, season one was still perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How I feel about yeah, Westworld. We had a blast a little bit talking yeah, about Westworld on... the same way. Yeah. Oh my season gosh. Westworld had really perfect season of TV. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Which is a lot more seasons than most shows have that are perfect. Yeah, you know I mean? like, very true. Who really cares? You don't have to keep watching. It doesn't yeah. take away from season one if season two is not as good. Yeah, see, that's interesting. I would rewatch Westworld season one and maybe even two and then just stop there again. Like, But without saying, oh, I'm missing something. Like One was great and I liked two as well, but one was like phenomenal. And I remember that was one of those shows where I was listening to like three separate podcasts a week, reading articles because that was peak theories and yeah, like, mm-hmm. so vast. Like the, that universe was vast and it was excellent. It was excellent for someone like us who like really wants to dive in to details like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what Lost was when we watched it in real time. 
it, it was that experience of like trying to solve the mysteries but but like in the dawn of that on the internet where we had never done that before yeah like there, there was the x-files before that that was a mystery show and there were people who were really into star trek and battlestar galactica had mysteries stuff like that but it wasn't like it is now where you know you watch an episode of westworld there's going to be podcasts. There's going to be a discussion. You can go on YouTube. They're going to break down and show you the frame where the cool mm-hmm. thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Lost came out, it was like the show is groundbreaking, but also all of those things were happening for the first time. So we were all just like, wait, the whole world, right? Because it was a global show can come together and try to solve these mysteries. It was like a game for all the nerds in the world to play together mm-hmm. in real life. That's I, that's a great transition because so what was great about the last blockbuster was, you know, everyone's perspective on blockbuster and their nostalgia, obviously writers, actors, celebrities, people who who you got on, which were amazing. But honestly, Sandy and her crew were so endearing, which for you guys, it was the manager of the, the lone standing uh, black, blockbuster blockbuster and she was that was going to be a tongue twister yeah she was. (laughs) no one can say the name of that movie without messing it up i didn't know it at the time i just wrote it yeah (laughs) she uh was iconic and a legend and she's like die hard for this last blockbuster and uh so my question moving to lost is when you were creating and you are still creating the lost doc how did you go about choosing who you wanted to talk to specifically because you had mentioned earlier, I mean, the fit, the boards and everything, people all around the world, right? So how did you go about choosing the people you wanted to come on the dock and tell their story just about their their whole lives with, with Lost? Yeah, so we started with spreadsheets and stuff, but for a mm. couple of years, we've been making lists of wouldn't it be great? Obviously, like most of the cast is on that list because everybody's got their own stories and, you know, we'll get some, we've gotten some great people, but that was sort of the side thing to these personal stories. And because uh, Ralph, the producer and I were both there for it. Like we were part of these communities. We know who all these people were, who the, the podcasters were, who the, you know, we found the guy, he lives in London. He ran, there was a big, site that was just for spoilers right because people would sneak onto set and take photos and this was Mm. nobody knew about spoilers before this like now it's like oh they're making a marvel movie who's got all the pictures oh look at the costume wolverine looks like this now yep Mm -hmm. great we all know right but when lost was coming out it was like the first time they were dealing with that for a tv show and they had to like people had to get lock boxes so their scripts could be locked up they wouldn't leave them. And it was a big spoiler culture. And a few big things were spoiled in real time. The, uh, the flash forward, the end of season three that we have to go back was spoiled on the internet. If, if you were looking for it and then who was in the coffin at the end of season Mm. four, Mm -hmm. which they actually filmed three versions of to try to throw off the spoiler people. There's a, a lock version, a Desmond version and a Sawyer version of the coffin that were filmed. Love that. So that people wouldn't know. Those are all in the DVD. But uh, but there was this one website. It was called Dark UFO. And it was where you went for lost 
theories and spoilers and leaks if you were searching for that, because some people just really wanted to know. So, you know, we've got that guy who ran that site. And like, what did it feel like to know you were ruining the show for people? (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's the questions I wanted to know. And like, how do you feel about spoilers? Has anyone ever spoiled anything for you? And what does it, where did you get your information? That was a big one. It's like, and we, we went down a rabbit hole of trying to track down those IP addresses for the people who leaked the information. We got it as it's California as far as we got. <laughs> and from LA. The whole state. <laughs> the phone call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. I actually have a couple of um, rapid fire questions here. I kind of wanted to throw at you. Just This is just pure fandom moment. I'm just, you can take rapid in quotations as much as you want, but I'm just curious about some of your stronger opinions on the show itself. Um, first, two, it's only four of them. So first two are going to be a little bit easier here, but what was your favorite season of Lost? Uh, my favorite season is season five. Season five. Do you because, want to expand or you want to leave it? Well, there's a hoverboard right over there. If you can see it in my background, mm-hmm. and I'm, you time travel is my favorite genre of thing. And season five is the time travel season. So uh, let me recommend dark Star- too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. You've never seen dark. Mm-mm. Oh, it's, Ooh, you're yes, going you to watch dark. Oh, if time travel is your thing, you're about to like be an embarrassment of riches. I'm so excited. Three seasons, German show made by Netflix, finished about four or five years ago. It's only three seasons done. It's it's my favorite TV show of all time. Somebody else recommended that to me, too. I just uh, canceled Netflix because of, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you watch it, though, hit us back up. State of the world, but I will will, uh, piracy that at some point. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah five because of time travel because when you've got you know hurley and miles back in time talking about writing empire strikes back mm-hmm. you, you've done it that's peak <laughs> storytelling in my world <laughs> all right so that lends itself pretty easily to the next question is who is your favorite character uh it was charlie until the end of season three and then there's this sort of logical handoff where it becomes hurley mm-hmm. because that's who cares that Charlie dies. <laughs> you know, there's an emotional handoff of like, I'm going to go do a cannonball. Guys, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? That moment ugh, still gets me. But mm-hmm. uh, I was a musician when the show started. I was playing in a rock band. And so Charlie was my guy. I wasn't on heroin. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> Good. You know, I was just a big um, drive shaft fan. In fact, uh, not not to like, advertise but we're on indiegogo for the movie we're trying to raise money so that we can make the movie awesome and when we hit our initial funding goal my wife and i went we have a little music room loved here, it we, we did we a cover of you all everybody uh, <laughs> as a as a thank you but like that's my you know Charlie if you didn't sell promo i was gonna do it anyway because yeah yeah absolutely it was amazing I'm promoting the terrible cover of you all, everybody, not the Indiegogo. <laughs> We're promoting the Indiegogo for sure. It's not a terrible cover. It was awesome. It brought me back. I hadn't seen it lost in so long. And I heard the song. Matt sent it to us. Uh, it was basically the day that he connected us and he sent us the link. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. <laughs> Phenomenal. Um, I'm going to steal the next question. Um, not 
it's one he doesn't have. Uh, the lost themes in the scoring was one of my favorites. I was obsessed. It's so good. And since you're a music guy, Hurley's Handouts is one of my faves. Do you have like a specific theme that mm. is your favorite? Because I used to listen to Hurley's Handouts, um, which I'm I'm almost 100% positive. It's when he is handing out the food in in okay. uh, from the plane. And that's what I would listen to to study in college after I watch the show. That one just like hits me in a special way. Do you have like a specific specific theme you like? Um, so a I don't know the names of any of the themes. Okay, because, because I've never <laughs> I'm just weird. I've never <laughs> like listened to it on a thing where it would say the name. Oh, of the theme. okay, yeah. Uh, Ralph, my producer, is a huge uh, score movie score nerd, and like a huge fan of the score, he would have like 10 answers and be very specific. I mm-hmm. like the kind of the obvious dumb one. whenever they're trekking across the Island, it's like, dun, 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 Like that's, that's like, <laughs> nice. Uh, and the life and death theme. Yes. That's phenomenal. Wrong. That's the one I know the name of. Yeah. Uh, I hate this is, this is a hot take here. I'm writing this down. The um, <laughs> Lost is this show that is really great. And the episodes, they tend to like build to like this emotional climax. And like, especially in season one, they would have these music cues where like Hurley's listening to the CD player and it's great music and emotional slow motion footage, all this great stuff. And then especially watching it on DVD too, the end credits theme is always so out of place. Like it's so jarring. Like the show would end and it would be like doom 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 Oh yes, yeah. I know that was good. It's such a mood Ironically, I love that song when they use it in the Dharma videos and it's like the old synth and it's like that version is great. But I think A, because it signified the thing you love just ended. So it's always a bummer to hear the end credits song, but B, it just takes you out of it, especially when you're binging it and you're like, oh, this is great. That was so emotional. And it's like, and on TV, it would always be like, coming up next on Grey's Anatomy or whatever. And like, <laughs> I know that game. I'm Kathleen rewatching too. that right now. That's ah. my favorite show of all time. But one nice. more music thing. Um, season two, episode one opening with Desi and make your own mm-hmm. kind of music is one. I remember watching that live and just being like this. Yeah. This is and now it was like a TikTok song recently. It's a People meme now, yeah, yeah, yeah. TikTok and like specifically with like Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage, like that was it <laughs> for some reason. I never saw whatever that movie was, um, but it it like revitalized me. I was like, yes. yeah. There's that one, the season three opener with Juliet, uh, oh, downtown. Yeah, downtown. You can always go. Yeah. Downtown, like that, mm-hmm. it's going to be lost to me. But for so many people, it's like the song they know from other things. Uh, same with Make Your Own Kind of Music. Um, and then the Shambhala song when Hurley gets the van going. I'm on the road, Shambhala. It's uh, oh, three yeah. different nights. <laughs> but just that scene when Hurley finally gets the Dharma van going and they open up the beers and they're all happy. And it's the first time anybody's been happy in nine episodes. Those are such great uses of music in TV. To me, those songs are always going to be associated with Lost 
and it's weird like you said like you see it on tiktok and you're like no this isn't that this isn't oh yeah yeah Page and pedro pascal this is desmond typing in the computer mm-hmm. exactly obviously i'm not gonna let us walk away from this segment because we just talked about hurley a lot um and talk about controversial endings here weird diehard how i met your mother fans have you seen his i'm sure you have right have you seen his cameo in that show uh i I'm sure and they make fun of it with lost. It's a parody of lost. So you're talking it's, about. it's just like a quick little moment that they're introduced. He's going to be a side character for this episode of how I met your mother. And someone's trying to remember a cell phone number. And he comes into the scene and rips the rips, the numbers of uh, lost. And it's just like an amazing little moment that they have that I just needed to bring up. Cause we, we love that show as well. But anyway, two more I questions here. Great to hear. Love that. <laughs> Favorite singular moment, and that's that's probably tough to nail down. But if you had to pick one singular moment throughout the whole show, what's your favorite? That is really tough. Um, the ones that stick out, and I, I can't narrow it down to one. I do love the moment when Hurley gets the van going. That's pretty great. But the ones that are like broke the brain in real time when Jack says we have to go back mm-hmm. and in uh, through the looking glass and you realize that what you've been seeing is a flash forward. And that had never been done. Like when you binge it, you don't get this experience, but we had been watching it for three years and there had been no flash forward. There had only been flashbacks. We knew what the show was the way that that broke our brains in real time. And Jack said, we have to go back, Kate. We have to go back. Like mm-hmm. plane takes off and you're like, what did I just see? That moment, not even on the show, but in real life. And then like going on the internet right then and being like, wait, what is happening? And then having to wait months for season four to start. That was pretty epic. Yes, um, it was. And yeah. then my my favorite episode is is most people's favorite episode. It's the constant. If you're talking about emotional moments that phone call between Desmond and Penny uh, on Christmas Eve, when they connect, just thinking about it, I can get chills. Cause it's like, I don't know. It's weird because, you know, Penny is in the show, a sum total of 15 minutes in all six seasons, but she's such a big character. She looms large over the story. And for whatever reason, that episode was the first real time travel episode. And it hooked me so much. And it was just like, that emotional arc of these two people who we kind of knew Desmond. We didn't really know Penny when they reconnect. It's like one of the best TV love stories. And that episode stands on its own. You don't have to watch the rest of lost for that to be a great love story episode. It's just great. Great answer. Great. We love love Desmond as well. He's a, he's a, on another one of our favorite shows, the hundred. So wouldn't have been there without the lost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The hundred is like such lost vibes for real. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Especially in the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my final question for you, and this is the one I love to, I love to ask people and you gotta, you gotta think deep here. I want your hottest (laughs) take that nobody's going to agree with about lost. Well, he did just hit us with a hot take. He did tell us that. With the outro, yeah, the yeah, outro. yeah, I don't like the outro. Mm-hmm. Most of most of my opinions are on Lost are held by many people. It's not that hot of a take because I think a lot of people have come around over the years on it. But I love Expose, which at the time was the most hated 
episode of Lost um, before Stranger in a Strange Land came out. Uh, but in real time, mm. the Nikki and Paolo characters started to be introduced mm-hmm. and the fans hated them so much that they made this episode where they were buried alive. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and they back to the future to it where they go back and put them in all the scenes, you know, from the earlier episodes. And, you know, Lost fans, we were watching it. We all knew we had these screen grabs, right? We could go back and be like, they were not in the pilot. You cannot fool us. We know. These two characters, you just made them up. You can't, you can't fool us, Lost fans. But now, looking back at that episode, first of all, it has Billy D. Williams in it, which Lando Calrissian is in Lost. Right. <laughs> and then second, watching it as this sort of campy Twilight Zone episode where they recap the first three seasons of Lost by like sticking these characters into scenes where they don't belong. It's really fun. And so... I genuinely like in watching it back now, I genuinely love that episode. And a lot of people still don't. It's not that hot of a take because some people I think have come around on it. But at the time, it was a hated, hated episode of Lost. I I can totally see that because it's almost like they're trying to retcon something that you're fine tooth coming that you think you you had figured out for an entire year, however many years. I mean this is where we're going to wonder if yellow jackets is going to learn from lost because we always talk about there's more survivors They're They're showing some more girls here and there. And we know that they're going to add some more characters, but how are you going to do it? And how long is it going to be until we finally say you can't add any more characters without making us feel like this is getting a little weird here. You're trying yeah. to, you're trying to make some loopholes. Right. It felt like that in and- season two, they were like, this person is important now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. are they? <laughs> yeah. Are they? Right. But those are great answers, honestly. Like, They're that's... phenomenal answers. Something I would expect from someone making a documentary about <laughs> right? this show, which is amazing. Been spending a stupid amount of time thinking about Lost lately. Yeah. <laughs> are you just on a loop constantly rewatching it? No, I hadn't rewatched it in a long time. And I started a rewatch when we started filming. So we started filming last December. We had been in pre production for a while. But we shot our first interviews last December, which pro tip documentary folks don't do that because there's Christmas trees in everybody's house that you got to like <laughs> frame out of the shot. So it's not a Christmas movie. But uh, I started a rewatch in December. That was my first time in probably five or six years. And I'm still in that rewatch because I'm going real slow. Uh, we just finished season four episode 13 or something we're almost to the end of season four i mean so there's I'm- a lot of episodes that's another thing that if if it were to be made now there's no way season one would be 25 episodes there's mm-hmm. just no way right. no that's just the format of what tv was back then like it was 24 episode seasons were the norm and it was a network show so they didn't have a choice and that's why i mean the biggest complaint a lot of people have about the show is that season three meanders you know they literally lock the main characters in cages to keep the plot from moving forward like yeah it's just like i don't know we don't know how long this is going to go on so will they won't they with sawyer and kate is going to have to stretch for a while <laughs> but yeah if it was made today they would be 10 to 12 episode seasons and they would be crazy fast-paced and it yeah would, it would just get there yeah you guys didn't talk about lost much what are your what are your favorite things? 
I got some answers written down. I definitely do. I already kind of answered for um, my favorite character is Hurley, followed closely by Desmond. Um, mm, My hottest take is that the end was amazing. No, that's not a hot take as much anymore. Um, But I didn't feel, and maybe it was because of the binge. Like I didn't, I couldn't tell when the writing quality would have dropped off temporarily because of all the writing strikes and the stretching out that you kind of were referring Mm -hmm. to earlier. I didn't feel that at all. And maybe again, it's probably because I binged it and I was just living off the high of just really, really enjoying it. But I guess that would be my hotter take. Um, My favorite moment was potentially when this is going to be a weird moment, but it's it's it's, it's a moment that shocked me that I didn't think they were actually going to pull trigger for. But when Locke died and for the rest of the series, it wasn't actually Locke. was for me like right. one of the biggest surprises yeah. i did not think they had it in them to do that and this is because it's such early television and i love those twists and i love when when tv shows are not scared to kill main characters like that so that was probably my pick there and favorite season it's tough because they're kind of blending together but i remember being season two was when i was peak watching every single second of the day and anything mm. to do with the hatch is just kind of prime. Yeah. So like, yeah, that that's pretty much where my head's at. I just this conversation alone has made me ready to rewatch it because again, it's been three years. I've only seen it once, but yeah, those are probably my quick take answers without thinking too much more about it. And Luke, I think I've only seen it once or twice too. But season two is when Desmond's introduced, right? He's yeah, they open they open the hatch at the end of season one, yeah. so that makes sense that that's your first season, but he's or not, your favorite season, Luke. Yep, he's not in season two very much. They introduce him and then he runs away. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. He, yeah, he comes back at the end of season two for like the failsafe thing with the key and all that. But for most of season two, he's just gone on a boat. Right, right, right. That's he true. Ran away. That's true. Yeah. That's we think of him as such a main character. And for like three, four, and five and six, he is. But in season two, he's really just in the like beginning and end of the season. Yeah. So Kathleen, I, who sticks out as your favorite character? I was gonna say Desi too. I um so when I think of Lost, it's been a decade since I've watched it, right? It's, it was probably 2013, 2012, sometime around there. I was in college, it was my junior year. Um, and it's been a while. So there's certain things that like come pop out to me and like one phrase i always say to my friend julia who's the one who told me to watch lost even though i knew about it my best friend kevin watched it live had all the dvds was always trying to get me into it but back in the day this is exactly why people skip from three to six and we're like let me just watch the finale and see how they ended it that would never happen these days unless you're crazy it's it was like so well, we much didn't harder know anybody. yeah it was so right. much harder to to actually access the past seasons too. You would have to go to a blockbuster and get the DVDs or whatever. Um, But see you in another life, brother is something I say all the time. That is just the best. And I'm not going to do the accent, um, but (laughs) that's, uh, but Desi stuff pops out at me. Not Penny's boat is huge. Uh, We have to go back that Jack, the facial hair, like so many things. Um, But, I don't I need to rewatch it. It's been a decade. I can remember the feelings I felt. But when I was rewatching some recaps today, I was like. It's like I've never seen the show before. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> this, this is, is incredible. And I'll tell you, I said I'm rewatching Grey's Anatomy right now. And I've seen that. Like you said, you know, I watched that live. I was like a 10 year old watching Grey's Anatomy live, which I shouldn't have been. And I've seen that a one billion times in my life. And uh, now it's on season coming up to 20. 
And I started from the beginning and I'm like a kid in a candy shop. I'm like, like I've never seen it before. I'm just Mm -hmm. fresh eyes. You know, every time you're a different age or you're a different like walk, like different stage in your life, you're watching something through different eyes. And I definitely Mm -hmm. need to rewatch Lost now, having consumed 10 years of, you know, shows that were influenced by this thing I loved. Now rewatching that. I I need the rewatch. I literally I have an Excel spreadsheet of every TV show I watch, my list of rewatch shows I'm doing. I might flip Lost in between seasons of Grey's because I need to like fold it in um Love like it. sooner rather than later for sure. And they were on at the same time. Like you would watch Grey's and Lost in the same week on the same network, mm-hmm. different nights of the week. You would watch you Desperate know, least- Housewives. We would, yeah, Desperate Housewives <laughs> at that time, yeah, and Heroes and and Battlestar Galactica and wow. Twenty Four. That was what a that time. Twenty Four. You love Twenty Four, Jimmy. Oh, I love Twenty Four. <laughs> That's one of the best things about binge watching, and we talk about this a lot. Of course, we're called Binge Town TV. We we love to to binge, especially when there were so many shows that we hadn't seen, and then of course, as we're growing up, Netflix is being created, and now Amazon Prime and Hulu and everything. But there is so much to be talked about, like you said, about week to week, especially for mystery shows. But the one thing about a binge is, like you're saying, Kathleen and Luke, I've binge shows where I watch it and I'm like, wow, I love this. And like you said, Kathleen, I I feel those feels. I know what I felt, but I watch it for a second time and I'm like. Oh my gosh, I'm watching this for the first time again. I love it. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's there is things that you forget. And I feel like that'll definitely happen for me. I, I don't know if this is like a, my actual answer, but in my heart, I say season one just because it's the OG. Also, I think the hatch was the big thing for me too. So maybe season two as well. Desmond was my favorite. I was so entranced by the whole hatch and the situation with the numbers and what's going to happen next. And, and what if they don't hit the button in the moment that they, actually let it go and lock smash the computer and you know that was oh I, you know when i was watching that i was like oh my goodness you know that so that's big for me that those are the big moments for me and you guys already nailed a lot of the other ones so i don't think there's much more for me to have to say but i mean it was a journey it was and and especially when you are going into this with a preconceived notion and a wrong yeah. preconceived notion and they actually prove you wrong as a watcher you're viewing this for the first time thinking you're watching one thing and you're watching a totally other thing and you come out whether you're the majority or not going i love this finale this was a great television show and i mm-hmm. wish we were podcasters 20 years ago when we could have talked about this show it was a wild time It was a wild time and you guys missed it, but I'd love your approach. I haven't talked to a lot of people who watched it thinking or knowing they were dead the whole time, Mm -hmm. right? Most of the people I know watched it in real time. We didn't know anything. So we're like, is this outer space? Is this, I mean, we were really convinced for like eight episodes that it was dinosaurs. Like that was... (laughs) The whole internet was like, oh, this is just Jurassic Park. They've landed on Jurassic Park. That's awesome. I love dinosaurs. I'm like, that's great. This is my new favorite show, the dinosaur show. And then and then you get there and it's like, this isn't dinosaurs. This is polar bears and a smoke. The smoke monster. monster. Yeah. How is it? And then for like a year, oh, it's nanobots. The smoke monster is nanobots. This is science fiction craziness. And it's maybe it can turn into 
you know, Jack's dad or Yemi or you know, there was so much hmm. to it. it was so dense. I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys went with the simulation at one point. You always yeah, have to yeah. go there. So. <laughs> oh yeah, or it's a dream, or you know, yep, they tried yep. really hard to to trick people, right? Because Hurley was in the mental hospital, and they're like, none of this is real. You're not on right. an island. You know that whole episode with Dave where he's got the imaginary friend. He's like, you're not on an island. You're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of believed that for a second. It was we watched it. People in season one theorized that they all died in the plane crash that was the prevailing theory so you guys had been told they're dead the whole time but we all just went you know someone guessed it it was on the message boards they're like i think everyone died in the plane crash and this is some kind of purgatory but there was a unique thing at the time now it's pretty commonplace there was an official podcast that damon lindelof and carlton cues like the showrunners were on this and the writers oh wow asked we're on the official lost podcast so that was one of the 13 you would listen to um and they came (laughs) out in like season two and we're like they are not dead the whole time they're not dead we're not going to tell you how it ends but it's not that right just i mean good on them that it because people were you know starting to not watch the show and people were like they're just dead they died in the plane crash everybody knows there's no such thing as a smoke monster. Why would there be this? Now there's a frozen donkey wheel. This makes no sense. They're dead the whole time. We get it. Mm-hmm. So they came out and said, while the show was on TV, that that's not what was happening. And then people, that's part of why people were so mad at the ending, because then they thought, not only were they dead the whole time, but the showrunners lied to us, mm-hmm. which is not true. But I could see where people would interpret it that way to be like, I think they're dead the whole time. I remember the people saying they aren't dead the whole time. You know, F this show. I'm out. What a show though. That could create this kind of visceral reaction in like a, in the, in the pop culture setting. Like I'm so thankful for it because like, this was what game of Thrones was to me. That's I think that's more akin because I was watching that every single week and just, we wouldn't be here without it. So I'm just so happy that it existed and i love that you're doing this 20 years later you can t- you can just feel the passion from you and i'm very excited to actually watch this documentary do you have anything are you keeping it close to chest or do you have like a rough season of when this is supposed to come out in 2024 if you don't oh, we like have a, a date right oh we yeah, have our, a date. our goal is september 22nd which is yeah the exact 20 year anniversary of the crash of flight a15 so oh, yeah, amazing that's our goal <laughs> amazing Movies are hard to finish. So, you know, if it's a couple of days earlier, a couple of days later, we'll try to, I don't even know what day of the week that is. And movies, you know, <laughs> come out on whatever day they come out. If you do it two days earlier, it's my birthday. So that could work out there really well for me. So there you go. Yeah, we'll try. Three days earlier. Sorry. <laughs> your birthday. Uh, no, we're going to do something on that day, whether it's like our in-person uh, premiere in LA or whether we do something in Hawaii or whether cool. that's the day it launches on some streaming service. We don't know. We're It's an independent film, so I have no information past we're going to make it. And like all these Indiegogo people who are pre-ordering DVDs and VHS copies because I'm old school. Um, that's awesome. They'll get them in, in September of next year. That's the goal. But like, you know, if, if Netflix calls and they want to buy it, they get to decide when it comes out. That's mm-hmm. not on me. That's wow. what happened. That's blockbuster. Well, like we weren't in charge of when it came out. Yeah. 
Well, we would love to talk to you again once it comes out because we are going to watch this right away. I'm going to be watching the last blockbuster ASAP, but once this uh, Getting Lost documentary comes out, we're all going to watch right away, and we'd love to have you back to talk about it because we're sure there's going to be even more we're going to want to talk about after watching. We want to make sure that everyone checks out the Indiegogo. If you want to donate, you're using the numbers. I love that you're using the lost numbers for the donations. (laughs) <laughs> which is amazing. So you're, we have been passing spots that you've been you've been looking for, and now we're it's the 148. It's the next one, right? 108. Yeah, we we or 108. I'm sorry, 108. Or 8, yeah. 15, 16, 23, 42. Uh, that all happened in the first day. Amazing. Uh, and we set the goal at 42k because that's kind of like the minimum what it costs to make a documentary and actually put it out. 108 is the next lost number. And that's just sort of like a hundred thousand is where like we can breathe and pay our bills and like pay the lawyers and do all the things. And it's not super, super stressful. So that's our next goal is like, we can get there. Then we can do all kinds of like special features on the DVD and all this extra stuff and like not worry about how we're going to keep the lights on while we're doing that. So that's our next goal. We're already more than halfway there. We're the, I don't know, 60 something. Uh, I don't know when this podcast airs. Is this live? Can they see me? Who's <laughs> no, they can't see no. me right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it's going great. The support has been phenomenal. Like I said, we hit that first goal in 24 hours, and you know, lost fans are are showing up. And we got a lot Amazing. of cool perks too. Like we got VHS copies. I've I've made uh, Virgin Mary statues that don't have heroin in them. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> Hell yeah! Dharma fish biscuits, all kinds of cool stuff that people can pick up. As oh perks. wow, the fish biscuits—that's bringing me back to yeah. <laughs> we're gonna put all this in the description. It's gonna be on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the Indiegogo on our description, Instagram, Twitter. We're gonna throw it all over there. Our YouTube community channel, also the Getting Lost documentary Facebook group. Check that out. I love the Dharma Initiative promo that came out that you had. Luke, Kathleen, anything else? I'm good, man. That was so fun. I uh, it was was a joy talking to you about it. Yeah, you guys have to watch uh, the blockbuster doc too because it was phenomenal. And I know that watching that that was hitting me in my feels in a way I didn't expect it to. And so I know like you'll take much care in this lost doc, and you're such a fan and um, so passionate about it that it's going to be even more so because something like loss with everyone's stories, they're going to tell and how, how it has affected everybody. It's going to, I know it's going to bring some tears to these eyes. I'm excited for <laughs> it. So everyone donate and watch out. Everyone go follow any socials. Yes. You want to drop the social so you can yeah, get yeah, updates. Yeah. We're at getting lost doc on everything. And it's gettinglostdoc.com. Right now it goes to our Indiegogo, but it usually has a link tree for everything. But we're on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, whatever they're calling Twitter these days. I think that's (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, we're going to put it all in the description. We're going to post it all on our Instagram. All of our socials are going to be posting your socials as well. We want to make sure that all of our fans can check this out because... Town TV, we originally started as a sci-fi podcast. That was going to be our niche. And that, because it's our first love, sci-fi fantasy genre, Lost is the OG. We can't wait for this documentary. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. It was such a blast to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Super fun. 
And that's the episode. We want to thank Taylor for joining us for this chat. We can't wait for next September when this documentary gets released. So that's the episode. And you gotta make your own kind of music. Sing your own special song. (laughs) You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 